Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you so much for who you are and how you love us. We pray, Lord, this morning, just as the song says, that you would consecrate us. Lord, that you would turn our hearts and our minds to you so that our knowledge of you, our relationship with you can grow all the more. Lord, that we could have a lasting impact on the world around us, that the world would look different, would look more Christ-like because of the life we live for you. And so, Lord, speak to our minds and our hearts. Teach us what it is to be the men and women of God that you call each and every one of us to be. We thank you and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our loving, amazing, wonderful Savior. Amen. Good morning. I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on and turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, if you don't have a Bible or an app with you, uh, feel free to grab one of the Bibles out of the back of the pew. Ephesians is found in the back uh, one-third of your Bible. Um, it's kind of mixed in with several other books that end in the letters I-A-N-S. Uh, so uh, uh, just if you have no idea where it's at, just turn to the table of contents, uh, as I regularly say. That's why God gave it to us. So Ephesians chapter 4 is where we'll be this morning. Now as you're turning there, um, I've talked about this uh, extensively quite a bit uh, in my time here at First Southern. I've always been a short guy. Um, again, I always say it, surprise, surprise. You, the, the stage adds a few inches, but I am not what most people consider a tall guy. Although I will say, I was in Thailand a month ago, and I'm pretty much an average height person in Thailand. Um, but around here, I'm not. Uh, I'm a solid five foot seven, uh, depending on what shoes I'm wearing. Um, but I've always been... Let me just say it. I've always been very short. I've always been substantially shorter than everyone in my class. So growing up through middle school, through elementary, and into high school, I was always the shortest kid in my class. There was not a single year of school where there was someone shorter than I was. Um, as I remember it and look back and I look at pictures of my classmates and me standing next to them... I was on average between two and three inches shorter at all the grade levels uh, growing up. And it was something that I was fully aware of, and it was something that I was always uncomfortable with. I always wanted to be taller. I always wanted to have the height so that I would be the kid not picked last in dodgeball. Uh, that's what I wanted. And it, at times in my life, I was so short that it became somewhat of an obsession, that something that I thought about probably too much. Um, I even remember going to the library. We, we would go to the library from time to time, and I remember going to the library. I had a grandmother that took me uh, during the summer. And I remember going and looking for books about how to increase one's height. That's how obsessed I was with it. Side note, did you know that there is actually a procedure where they'll break your leg 
and put it, extend it, and they, they say they can give you two to three inches. I actually, consi- I actually considered going to my mom and asking if I could do that because I was so short at one time. Thank the Lord I didn't. But, but I've always wanted to be taller. I've always, I mean, even today, I, I walk around and I go, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly the tall guy around here. Uh, and it's something that's kind of looming in the back of my mind from time to time uh, as I live life. I've always wanted to grow, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We are in a series called The Unique Us, and this series is all about what makes First Southern First Southern. What makes us unique? Because again, if you were to go and uh, visit a church uh, down the street, we look different The way we operate, the things we value, uh, the things we teach, and the way we worship. There there are so many things that are unique about us as First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale. And so we're exploring over the next several weeks what is unique about us. What do we value? What is our mission? Um, And so let me go ahead and give you the mission statement. Again, I'm going to say this multiple times every week for the next coming weeks and i hope you get sick of hearing it to the point that you say it in your sleep but the mission of first southern baptist church of scottsdale is to lead every generation to the life changing hope of jesus that's why we exist that's what we live for is to lead every generation to the life changing hope They can only be found in Jesus Christ. We have a hope. We have a promise. We have a redemption that can be found nowhere else. And it is our obligation, but not just that. It should be our passion to share that life-changing hope with every person that we come in contact with. So that's our mission statement. But as I've said... I think a lot of churches would say, yeah, this is our mission statement as well. Yeah, we totally live for this. This is what we do. But then when you go and say, okay, how do you do that? How do you lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus? They couldn't answer that question. And that's why, along with our mission statement, we also have four values that direct us in how We lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. So two weeks ago, we spoke about our first value, which is believe. Uh, And there's a tagline with all of our value statements. And the tagline to believe is that God's truth is the foundation to knowing, loving, and understanding Him. First Southern Baptist has always valued God's Word. And so, of course, it makes sense that belief... That the foundation, God's word being a foundation, would be a value of ours. So we spoke about that two weeks ago. Last week, we introduced our second value, which is grow. And the tagline that goes with grow is this. Growth means change. And following God is moving where he takes us, both personally and as a church. Now, last week... I kind of focused on the last portion, the the portion that talks about following God is moving where he takes us both personally and as a church. That's kind of what I focused on last week, which means we're going to focus on those first three words today, growth, 
means change. And I know that this is not something that most of us look forward to hearing about or discussing. It's not something that we enjoy, meaning change. It's not something that we look forward to. It's generally something that pulls us out of our comfort zones and pulls us away from what's familiar and moves us into a a new area that's not as comfortable and it's not as familiar as what we had before. But I'm going to argue this morning from God's Word that Christ calls us to change. He calls us out of our comfort. He calls us away from what is familiar and easy into what is not familiar or comfortable. Sometimes Christ pushes us into what is hard because we won't be better followers of Christ if we're not pushed a little bit. So, that's what we're going to be discussing this morning. So take your Bibles and turn to that passage, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. Now, Paul is speaking to the church at Ephesus. That's why this book is called Ephesians. It's to a church that's located in a city called Ephesus. Ephesus was a huge church trade city. It it, it was known for commerce and it was a a hub for commerce and economy and trading and and, uh, everything that was going on in the world at that time. And Paul is speaking to that church and its uh, unique difficulties and strengths. And look at what he says in chapter 4 verses 11 through 16. He says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by every cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So keep your Bibles open to this passage because this morning we're going to go verse by verse through this and help understand why this teaches us to grow in Christ. So look at verses 11 and 12. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see, we are striving to be a body of Christ. Now you go back to the first message of this series, we spoke about how we are not a building. First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale is not this place. It is us as people. 
That's the illustration that Paul uses over and over is the body of Christ, with Christ himself being the head of that body and us being the parts, the members of the body. Uh, And if you go into Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, Paul gives a beautiful explanation of what it means to be a body, how every single one of us serves some portion, some purpose within the greater body. You see, God designed each and every one of us to do something, to serve somehow His body, whether that's preaching, evangelizing, worshiping, uh, loving on kids or teenagers, uh, helping with those who are retired or maybe shut in. There's so many ways that one can serve the body of Christ here at First Southern. But the point that Paul is making is that we are made to serve a purpose. We're made to do something. But I love what he says <clears throat> in verse 12. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ can what? Be built up. The point, the purpose that we strive for, our purpose as members of the body is to build up a body of Christ. This body, if you're a member here, if you're a regular attender here. That's what our purpose is, is to build this group of people up. Again, it's not about the building. The building's a huge blessing. Uh, Our grounds, our property, the, the possessions that this church owns are a blessing, but they are not the body. We are the body. The building is a resource that God has blessed this body with. And the purpose for that is to build up the body of Christ. Now look with me at the next passage, verse 13. It says this, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You see, once we realize that we are designed, our purpose is to build up the body, our next goal, our, the next step is to strive for unity. That's how verse 13 begins. Until we all reach unity in the faith. One of the things that we should strive to do is to function together in unison with one another as part of the body. The idea being, if my eyes see something that I need to do, then my hands... And my feet need to be in unison with what my eyes are telling me I need to do so that I can move forward by movement of feet to go and make my hand do what the eye see needs to be done. If my hand says, you know what? I disagree with the eye on this little issue. And so I know that the feet are going to take me over here, but because I have this relational problem and a lack of unity with the eyes, I'm not going to go do what the eyes and the feet are going to direct me to do. That's a disunity in the body. Guys, there's some of you in this room whose body does not do what you want it to do. And some of you in this room know how frustrating and how hard that is, right? Arthritis. Parkinson's disease, different aspects that make our mind not work with our body, uh, 
parts of our body that start to break down and you can't use them the way you want to use them. That is mournful. It is sorrowful. It is frustrating. We don't want that to happen to our bodies. And when it does, it's not something that we look at and say, oh, this is a good thing. We look at it and say, this is a terrible thing. And in the body of Christ, it's the same way. When our body as us is moving in a direction and we have a person or a group of people saying we disagree, we will not be in unity with the rest of the body, it makes the rest of the body suffer. We are called to unity in purpose, to building up the body of Christ. Now let me make a very clear clarification here. There is a difference between unity and uniformity. Unity is being united together with a purpose, moving together in one direction. Uniformity is saying, I agree 100% on every belief and idea and philosophy. That's not what God calls us to do. Guys, we can disagree with one another, and that's okay. We don't all have to agree on all the tiny little aspects of theology. That's okay. Now, I will argue that we do all need to agree on the essentials. Uh, Let me give you some examples of what an essential would be. An essential would be the the belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died a horrific death, shedding His blood to forgive us of our sins, and then rose from the grave on the third day and then ascended to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That is an essential belief. That is something that every single one of us as Bible-believing people, as a body of Christ, that's an essential belief. That's something we should all be uniformly in agreement on. But I could care less what your belief is about the age of the earth or what your belief is on uh, how the end times are going to happen because those things don't matter to our salvation. We don't have to all 100% be uniformly agreed on the little insignificant non-salvation issues. We do have to be in agreement on the salvation issues that are black and white in God's word. We don't have to be uniform. We have to be united. And guys, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians. You can go and research this. Paul never argues for us to be completely uniform in every little thing. That's what Paul did. He he went back and forth constantly between Jerusalem having to battle all the little things that don't really matter. And he makes it clear that those aren't salvation issues. But we do have to be united in the mission and the essential beliefs that we have, the important things, the things that have to do with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So we are striving to unity. And we're striving to the knowledge of Jesus. If you keep reading in verse 13, it talks about uh, equipped for the... Oh, uh, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God to become mature. You see, knowledge of Jesus, our understanding of what Jesus taught and who Jesus is, that's essential, that's important. 
Knowledge is something that we should value. And going back to the message two weeks ago about believe, knowledge is a great value of this church. But that knowledge should lead us to maturity. If your knowledge in Christ is not leading you to maturity, then you're getting it wrong. If your knowledge of Jesus, if your biblical knowledge is not leading you to grow in the relationship that you have with Jesus, you're missing the connection. You're missing something about it. And so that knowledge should drive us to be more mature. Maturity means that there are going to be changes, though. As a child, I went through a few growth spurts in high school. In in a a two-and-a-half-year period, I grew seven inches. Um, And some of those growth periods brought pain, and they brought discomfort, and they brought financial difficulty because I had to buy new clothes uh, more regularly than normal. I went through three sizes of shoes in one year. Shoes, uh, shoes aren't cheap. <laughs> so there were difficulties in growing. But believe me, there was nothing more exciting in the moment than knowing I grew out of my shoes. Yeah, I got to go buy some new ones, but I grew out of my shoes. Yes! Why don't we get that passionate about growing in Jesus? My relationship with Jesus is new. Yes! We should be striving and be passionate and be hungry and thirsty for our relationship with Jesus. And knowledge alone will not give us that increase in maturity. Knowledge is one of the pieces, but it's not the full picture. It's one of the parts of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. You have to have it to complete the puzzle, but you have to add other pieces to do that as well. You see, we are striving, according to verse 13, to be more like Jesus. 13 ends like this, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We're striving towards the fullness. Will we ever be perfect in the fullness of Christ on this earth? No. But we're constantly striving for it. We're constantly hungry and thirsty and excited to reach that goal. And the reason I say that knowledge is not the only part to reaching maturity in Christ is because I've known a lot of people who can quote, quote chapter and verse day in, day out, and they know theology in and out, and they are horrible, mean, vindictive jerks. Knowledge alone of this Bible will not mature you in Christ. You must partner your knowledge with a life-changing relationship with the Savior you claim to know. You have to have that relationship. It's everything together. Now, over the next two weeks, the next two Sundays, we're going to be talking about our third value, which is connect. And we're going to be talking about relationship and worship and prayer. Uh, And so look forward to those things to come. But know that the knowledge that we've been talking about so much over the last three weeks is not enough to be mature in Jesus. It has to be paired with a connection to Jesus. 
can have all the head knowledge in the world, but until that knowledge comes and drops down 18 inches and affects your heart, that knowledge is useless. It does nothing for you. It makes you really smart, but it doesn't save your soul. You have to have Jesus as your Savior. You have to live in partnership and relationship with Him. After all, the book of John says that Jesus tells us that we're called to abide in Him. There is a relational aspect to who we are as followers of Christ. I'm a short guy, and I have two sons, and I'll be totally honest, I've never told anybody in the world this, but I really long for them to not be short. Genetically, the chances aren't great. It's just, just the fact of the matter. But your Father in Heaven wants you to grow. Just like I want my sons to grow and I want them to grow in stature and knowledge, your Father in Heaven wants you to grow. It's His desire for you. He doesn't want you to continue to live on milk alone. He wants you to graduate up and eat solid food. He wants you to be in a life-changing relationship, not a knowledge-based relationship with Him. So, let's look at the next passage, verse 14. It says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Again, going back to the idea that growing in Christ in knowledge and in connection and relationship will help us to be more mature, which means we'll be more stable. We won't be easily deceived if we have knowledge and we are in relationship with our Savior. And believe me, there are lots of deceitful teachings out there that would love to toss you to and fro. They would love to throw you with every wind and wave that comes your way. Christ wants you to know Him so that you aren't tossed back and forth. So take my two boys. I've got a big age gap, seven years. One of them is two years old. The other one is nine. I can wrestle with my two-year-old and with one finger I can push him down. It takes a little bit more work to push down my nine-year-old. I can still do it. There will probably come a time where I won't. But the point of the matter is, as my nine-year-old continues to grow, and as my little two-year-old continues to grow, they will be more physically stable because they're growing in strength and in height. We're called spiritually to grow ourselves up so that we're not pushed over by every teaching that comes our way. So that we're not knocked over and taken off course by every random thing that we hear. We are called to be mature in Christ. So, last passages, 15 and 16. They say this, instead. So catch that, instead. Instead of what? Instead of being tossed back and forth by every teaching. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ from Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 
part of what is going to help us be stable as the body of Christ is speaking the truth in love and being united together, growing up for equipping each part working together for the building up of the body of Christ. That's why grow is one of our core values. That's why it's so important to us as a church. Because if we are not as individuals and as a church, if we are not growing in Jesus, we're losing the battle. We will be tossed to and fro. We will be thrown around by every teaching and doctrine that's out there. The fact of the matter is, is we want to be a stable body that knows where we stand because of knowledge and because of a relationship with our Savior. And so do you strive for that? Is growing in Christ a passion for you? Is it important? And let me just ask the hard question. What proves that it's important? Does the way you spend your time demonstrate the value that growth is in your life? Let's take it a step further. The way you spend your money, is that illustrating how you want to grow in Christ? There are so many resources available to us to grow in Jesus. We've talked about a few of them. There are Bible translations. We've got large print Bibles. There are apps that you can read or that will read the Bible to you. There are so many things out there available to us today. There are great uh, sermons available online from other amazing preachers. Maybe I should rephrase that. From amazing preachers. (laughs) The fact is, is we live in a world today where we have access to some of the the best resources for growing in Christ. So what are you doing intentionally to grow in Jesus? We're going to continue this line of thinking over the next two weeks while we talk about our our third value, which is connect. Because your growth in Jesus will also involve connecting to the church through worship and connecting to God through prayer uh, and many other aspects. And we're going to talk about that over the next two weeks. So, where are you in your passion for growing in Christ? This seems like a no-brainer, but in reality, are you passionately pursuing your Father? Are you passionately longing to grow in Him? Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. God, I thank you that we are not called to just blindly follow and not understand and not grow, but we are called to continually grow in you, in maturity, in knowledge, in connection, relationship. We are always called to go further with you, to grow more with you. And Lord, my prayer this morning is that each and every one of us would passionately hunger and thirst for you, for your righteousness, for your relationship, for your knowledge, so that we can be the body of Christ that you want us to be. So speak, Lord. Speak to our lives. Show us how we can grow more. 
We thank you, Lord, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to now have a time where we can respond to the worship and the word. Uh, And if you need to pray and you would like to come forward, we open up the altar to you. It's available. We would love for you to come down and pray here if you would like. If you need to speak with someone, uh, myself, I'm Pastor Chad and Pastor Josh. uh, We'll be right here at this front pew and we would love to speak with you. Uh, If you have questions about what a life-changing relationship with Jesus looks like, uh, maybe you want to make a commitment today, we're available to have those conversations and we would love the opportunity Uh, to have that conversation with you. Let's stand and let's respond to our Lord.